over the course of many years, I've contemplated a question about God. Is there a God? Is there not a God? Are we God? Is there just a, a higher power in the clouds? Is it, is it a heaven and a hell? What about devils and angels? I've asked all these questions. The answer to any question only has one answer. Just like the answer to a math equation only has one answer. 4 plus 4 is always going to be 8. Doesn't matter what planet you go to, what region you go to. This is a universe of mathematical certainty. Understanding the universe to be mathematically certain. The planets rotate in perfect form. Maintains perfect distance from the sun to make our bodies be uh, capable of living. And the cosmos is set up perfectly. Once I understood that it's mathematical certainty to the universe, I have to, if the universe is going to be a uni, one verse at all, one word at all, one essence at all, one experience at all, it has to have that same consistency running through the entire thing. So when it came to me approaching the topic and understanding of God, I knew that there only could be one answer. <clears throat> Therefore, when I read the book, the Bible, or read any other book about God, including the Bhagavad Gita, including the Torah, not Torah, but the Quran, including any of those books, I knew for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that they had to have some type of a consistency running through them if they would be true at all. So I started to look for this grain of truth in each book. I also recognized that the interpretations of the Bible were many. And the interpretations of the Quran were many. With as many interpretations as it is in the Quran, about the Quran, and about the Bible, and about any holy book. Recognizing the, um, how many different ways it was to explain it. I knew that the explanations did not contain absolute truth. It couldn't because there were too many. And they all contradicted and conflicted each other. If there's a mathematical equation that needs working out and we get multiple answers, we know that all those answers cannot be true, but maybe one of them are. So the question came, how do I know which one is true and which ones are not? Which leads to another question. How do we, what do we know for sure at all? And the truth is, you could say you know who you are, but do you? The question I asked was, who's listening to this right now? Who's doing the interpreting? Who's doing the working out of this? Who's doing the, who's doing this? Who's listening? Who's interpreting? Who's breaking this down? I could never answer that question. There is no single point that we can say that. You cannot point to whoever's listening. You cannot point to the one who is interpreting. You cannot point to the one who is aware of this right now. 
You can be it, but you cannot point. It's invisible. It has no form. And if it's formless, it's not confined to any one individual. Because it doesn't have a form. So, I couldn't say that it was anything that, that I would call me. So, what do I know for sure? The only thing we know for sure is I am. The only thing you know for sure is your experience of being. Whatever that means, whatever you are, you may not know. But you do know that you are. And that is the extent of what you know. So I said, this must be, has to be, the only way. Through our being is the only way to experience anything. And therefore, it's the only direction we can experience truth. So when I went on the search for who is God, I went on the search within. From my journey, as I went within, I found God. And I and my father are one. It is not me, but my father within me that doeth these works. So my constant mantra of truth is I am, I do not exist. I do not exist. I do not exist. God is the only thing that exists. God is only, God is the only existence. I do not exist. How do I know this? The only reason I know this is because I wrote some things down on a book. And you can test this. I wrote down all the things that I believed to be impossible for my life. But nevertheless, I deeply, deeply desired. And I said... After all my experiences, I had the confidence and the faith enough to put full trust, full trust in this invisible, in the unknown, in the nowhere, the no thing, or what I would call God. And I knew that it would manifest before I even wrote it down. I knew it was already manifested before I wrote it down. These were things that didn't happen, weren't weren't here physically, but I knew they were mine. And these things are happening one by one. I didn't do anything. And they're happening. Which means I have to attribute the success of these things to something that is beyond what I would call me. It's beyond what I would call me. Because others were involved. Other people were involved. Those other people could not have done what they did 
in order to manifest the thing that I asked for. Unless the influence that influences the influence of the mind or what or God that grows and lives me also lives them. So the thing that we all are is moving us at the same time. And I realized that that's the reason they did what they did and they didn't know it. The only choice we have as human beings is what state we live in. We can enter into any state we desire. Any state we desire we can enter into. That state will determine what type of desires we have. Those desires have felt absolutely and with understanding and wisdom of the way things are and strong reasons are all in combination. It will manifest on its own. Who does the manifesting? God. Let me explain in a different way. A farmer has no bearing on the growth process of any seeds he plants. He can water them. He can plant them. He can maintain the environment or the state the plants are in. But he cannot grow the seed. He does not have that capability. But he does have understanding. And he does have wisdom. And with that understanding and wisdom, it creates faith. Faith is not him willing the plants into existence. Faith is him understanding that the plant has already grown. And he stays loyal to an unseen harvest he sees in his own mind. So he's loyal to an unseen harvest in his own mind. And. And. He has understanding and wisdom of the seeds and the environment. So this manifesting is twofold you must have understanding and wisdom first and what's the beginning of wisdom and understanding go get it get wisdom get understanding how do you get understanding go into it test be test what we're saying Wisdom doesn't come from listening with your ears. It comes from listening with your soul, your being. And if you listen with your soul and your being, you're not just listening. You are the instruction. And that is where wisdom and understanding kick in. So get understanding and get wisdom. And when you get understanding and wisdom about you, the universe, how it operates, and you reason it with yourself, 
and you test it and you can see how these work these things work through mistake after mistake after mistake because you have to test it you'll come to a conclusion you'll come to an understanding of how this operates and there's a way of operating in this world that's different than the 98, 99% of people operating in this world. And it's through God or the invisible realm or spirit. So up until this point, we've given so much attention and so much emphasis and so much responsibility and glory to the mind and thinking that we're missing the, in a completely different dimension, an entire new dimension. Of existence we're missing an entire different dimension of existence which is the spirit dimension we don't consider the spirit dimension to be anything solid anything testable anything measurable and that's why scientists don't agree with the spirit but they understand energy they understand that energy is there they won't call it spirit. They'll call it energy. Either way it goes, there's a factor that is unknown, immeasurable. You cannot measure it. But we know, and the scientists know, that whatever this essence is, has its being through all things. And nothing comes into existence without the base of energy. Without a basis in energy. Nothing has form without energy. So scientists understand the basis of existence as what they would call energy. Where did that energy originate? From nowhere and no thing. Nowhere, no thing, no one. From none. It manifests from none. So none is God. Now can you see none? No. Can you perceive none? No. Can you point at none? No. Can you be none? Yes. Yes. You cannot know it. But you can be it. Because you are it. Although you don't remember and recognize and having your awareness that you are it all the time. Just because you forget doesn't mean that you aren't. What you are is not is not taken away by what you think. It doesn't negate that dimension of existence. So, here's where the dichotomy and the play of forms and formless come into come into existence. So here on Earth, we see the forms. We see all the many forms the universe takes. The physical body, the physical circumstances, the grass, the trees, the sun. Those are forms. Forms in our lives. The kitchen, the house, the car, the kids, your body. Those are forms. Those are forms. Then we have. Then we have. The invisible forms. Invisible forms, which are thought forms. Any idea. 
any string of words, any vibrations at all in any degree, any sounds, any figures, any shapes. And that's what the world is, is a compilation and combination of many different shapes and it, m many different shapes and forms made it supported and made alive by energy. So energy and form create this animated world we see. But the forms are that first. So the, f the absolute essence of us is pure. The absolute essence of us is illumination. It's perfection. It's God. That's the basis. It is all. It's not some. It's all. It's all. That's the basis. Now anything. That conflicts. Any thought. Any thought. That conflicts with the nature of perfection. Of expansion. Of love. Or God. Has to be smashed. Why? Because the very nature of this place. Is love. Expansion. And God. So this is why. Evil will never prevail. And what is evil? Anything against the whole. Evil is anything individualistic. That excludes. Is evil. Why is it evil? Because it's not consistent with the whole. It's not consistent with the forward movement of the whole. Now, if what the individual wants moves the whole forward, then those actions are not for the individual. They are for the whole. And so the whole will support the individual. So the whole game is to choose the life that you want to live that is consistent and supports the entirety of existence. But does not go against the entirety of existence. If it goes against the entirety. It will die and fail. And be smashed and met with too much power to overcome. But one who plants a seed that goes with the essence of nature. Just like the seed the farmer plants. Will see of a lavish harvest. Given to him by the nature he planted it in. Nature has no choice but to reproduce because that's what it is, is growth. Has no focus or conscious focus on any individual. It is all focused. So it cannot focus on an individual at all because it is the all. And by definition of it being all, it cannot focus on any part. It just has a tendency. It has a tendency to expansion, love, and beauty. Love and beauty. That's what it has a tendency towards. Harmonies, not disharmony. So any disharmony that you perceive in this world is made by a perception that goes against the whole. And the way that you fix it is by fixing the perception, not by fixing the things outside.
And here's where we meet with shipwreck. Here's where we meet with death of our plans and where we feel our lives are in shambles. When we don't understand the fundamental nature of things, we cannot work with nature. Without being able to work with nature, you cannot operate in this world in harmony. And you believing that you are an individual separate from the rest of existence is the abomination. It is the first great mistake. It's not an abomination because it's a rule a man made. It's an abomination because it's not true. And something untrue, not compared to any man-made truth, which are just facts that change. But against the fundamental truth of the universe. That's where we determine what's good and evil. But the challenge us humans have. Is we believe our thoughts about the universe are true. Versus the universe itself being the truth. God itself being true. That is the only truth. Not what I think about it. I can make as many opinions as I want. I was talking to a Christian group in Seattle. We had a booth set up right by a heaven booth where Christians talked. I went over to talk with them about the nature of things. And we got to a point where the conclusion was being made that the Bible says God is love. And I asked the man, I said, I said, have you experienced God? He says, yes. I said, when you experienced God, did you experience love? He didn't answer the question. He knew the answer, but he didn't want to answer the question because he was more involved with his idea about the universe. And then his idea about God rather than God itself, which was love. He just argued in a circle. And he never embraced love itself, which is God himself, which is the, what the Bible says God is. So he held on to his man made. He made God in man's image rather than realizing that man was made in God's image. He was making God into a figure, an idol, a thing that he could think about. God is not something you can think about. God is all that is, including you. You can only be God. You cannot think about God. You can only be. You can never talk directly about God. It's, it's not here. It's not within existence and it's not even in the realm of non-existence it's beyond both or under both but is the source of all things you can be it but you cannot think about it or argue against it or prove it in by words you can only demonstrate what God is by your life and how well you work with 
God. Manifest beauties in your life if you know God. Manifest love in your life if you know God. Manifest all things you want. Redeem all the prizes your holy book says are available to you if you know God. Do it now. And how do we see if you have it or not? It is you. You can tell the tree by the fruit it bears. If you have no fruit, you are not that tree. If you do not have fruits, you are not that tree. So what are the fruits of God? Love and beauty. So if you have a loving, beautiful life, if you have a loving, beautiful life, And you can feel love and beauty in your life. You can experience that at the deepest level. You know God. And you don't need to prove it to anyone else. If you can feel it now. The depth of your being. Go within and feel it. You will start to experience something you that, 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 that seems as if it's love. This is God.